You are listening to the Faithful Fanatic Podcast, now part of the Pigskin Podcast Network. I'm your host, Nick Newman, better known as Niner Nick of all 49er Sports Illustrated. You can follow me on Twitter at NinerNick underscore 22 and the Pigskin Podcast Network at PigskinPodNet. The Faithful Fanatic is a San Francisco-based podcast providing a unique listening experience for 49er fans across the globe. For today's show, I have a major guest. This man is an Emmy Award-winning sportscaster. He's in the Florida State Seminole Hall of Fame, and he's a Super Bowl champion for your San Francisco 49ers. His name is Mike Schumann. Shu, thank you so much for coming on to talk some ball this evening. Wow, sounds kind of impressive when you read it out. So, <laughs> But you know better. So. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. Uh, in retirement now, and uh, it's just fun to be a fan. It's kind of funny. I've gone from a sportscaster to a fan. You've gone from a fan to a sportscaster, you know, since we've known each other. So uh, it's kind of interesting to see, and, you, and you're doing a great job. And I love the Pigskin Podcast Network. That's a great name. Right on. I appreciate it. So for some new listeners who may be unfamiliar with my relationship with you, he interviewed my grandpa way back when, when he was working with ABC7. My grandpa was a 49er season ticket holder. Since the team's inaugural season in 1946, the interview aired live locally on ABC. And it was really the week that he was named the 49ers faithful fan of the game. They used to do that back at Candlestick. I forget if they still do it or not. Uh, right now, my grandpa passed away when I was a senior in high school about seven years ago, but that's really how I got into 49er football. My entire family is a huge 49er fans or are huge 49er fans. And she also let me tour the ABC7 Sports Studio. And really, he's been my my main mentor ever since I got into the profession. So again, that's my relationship with Shu. And tonight, we're going to talk about Trey Lance, what we saw in his NFL debut how Kyle Shanahan should handle this Trey Lance, Jimmy Garoppolo debacle. I mean, how could you not? It's on every airway. It's all anybody's talking about locally right now. And finally, kind of how we see the team projecting this year, how we see the season unfolding. So let's just jump right into it and talk about Trey Lance. So I was fortunate enough to be able to go to a couple practices. I've seen him throw the ball a couple of times before the preseason game, but Chu, for you, that was your first impression of Trey Lance. So what were your initial takeaways, your thoughts? Well, I like his skill set. You know, I see why uh, Kyle is so high on him. And I'll go back, you know, as a rookie, you go to your first uh, rookie minicamp, you compete with other rookies. So you feel like, okay, I can compete at this level. Then they have the veteran minicamp with the rookies and you realize, oh, there's some better players out here than me. Because once you get to the NFL, everybody up here is as good or better than you. And at high school and college, you're always the best player. All right, so then he goes through camp. And what I was impressed about in the game, number one, especially at the quarterback position, he didn't have the arm thing, you know, for, with all the plays on it to look him up. He knows the offense so well, apparently. He's in his iPad all the time. So I was impressed with that. And then, of course, in the game, you know, that 80-yard touchdown to Trent Sherfield. Just to strike and just to show you what this guy can do. All right, but he held on to the ball a couple of times too long. The offensive line wasn't great, so he took some sacks. So you could see where he was still a rookie. So, but my impressions of him, you know, 6'4", 225, they didn't, he didn't run at all. You know, so mm -hmm. he's got that skill set. I think Kyle wants to see him stay in the pocket. And if that's the case, well, Trey stayed in the pocket. So 
He's a very coachable. He hasn't played in about a year, if I'm not mistaken. He didn't almost play. two years. Yeah, it's yeah, been a while. He's years. his so his team. More. Yeah, they only had one game last year. Right, only so one that's game. Even mm -hmm. More impressive, and a long way to go still, as especially at that position, because that's a position that takes the longest to pick up. But uh, just the upside, his ceiling, what he can do, he can take Kyle Shanahan's offense to the next level. And that's what I think he offers where Jimmy doesn't, Jimmy Garoppolo. So, but I was impressed, you know, and uh, the little things that got him in trouble can be corrected. And that's what you like to see. So he just needs repetitions right now. And I think he's going to be an unbelievable player. Definitely. I think you nailed it. I had a lot of similar observations. You can just see the first pass he made where he scrambled around a little bit. That was dropped by Ayuk. You just see the ball fly off his hand with just so much zip on it. And there were some times throughout the game where he kind of missed his hot route and he took unnecessary sacks or sacks that shouldn't have happened if he were just to get the ball out of his hand a little quicker. And of course, we're talking about a rookie quarterback who played one game, one competitive setting over the last year and a half or so going to North Dakota State, but you nailed it just as far as his stature, 6'4", 225. We haven't even seen his running ability yet on a, in, during a preseason game. I saw it uh, in camp on Tuesday the second a couple weeks ago. He was really happy on those um, run happy, I'd say, on those zone reads when he had the option to hand it off to a running back or keep it, and you can tell he's I wouldn't compare him to Kaepernick fast with the long strides, but you just see the ability to create separation from the front seven of a defense, the defensive linemen, the linebackers. He is a very, very, very fast human being, just has all the physical traits that Jimmy Garoppolo just does not possess. And that throw, that 80-yard throw to Trent Sherfield, Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't make that throw. And at first, when I was watching it live, I thought that um, – he had Brandon Ayuk wide open on a right. crossing route, and right. he kind of pulled it back and just took that shot downfield. So I was really impressed. I was like, wow, this kid has some stones doing that in his first preseason game. And then after the game, they talked about, and I guess they had it planned all week. So it kind of took away my thoughts on the actual play because I thought he looked off Ayuk, saw him. Oh, I'm going to go down here because I know Sherfield's open, but I guess it was by design. But still, just the ability to put the ball in that spot across the hash it was beautiful and you're nailing all the points that the, the blemishes that we're seeing they're what you see from any typical rookie and they're correctable but all the traits are there all the traits are there and, and he out out through the coverage there he put that ball only where Sherfield could catch it it was over two dbs and then right into his chest on the outside uh of the play so there's no margin of error so when you see a guy do that you know that, wow, this is almost instinctive in some ways. And then if I'm not mistaken, he's about a four five forty, you know, mm -hmm. also on top of that size. So he could do that run pass option. He can do run pass up, you know, option where you drop back. There's just so many more things that Kyle can do with him uh, as a quarterback. And this is going to be the challenge for Kyle Shanahan as we go to game number one. Definitely. And it is a challenge. I've been going back and forth recently because I've been – very set that I thought it was best for the 49ers to keep Jimmy Garoppolo on the roster, regardless of who the rookie was that was coming in. Cause once they traded for the third overall pick, it was clear they were drafting a quarterback just because you learned your lesson last season that if you suffer injuries at the quarterback position, it throws off your entire year. And Jimmy Garoppolo isn't exactly dependable. 
And I've held the stance, I think the best man should win, whoever wins the quarterback competition. And Kyle Shanahan's reluctant to call it a quarterback competition. We all know it's a competition. These two guys are going at one another. And give Garoppolo and Lance credit. They're very professional about it. They're cheering each other on. You know, it's a competition, but they're still teammates at the end of the day. And I like seeing that with those two guys. But um, as we get down to week one, I'm kind of just thinking – is it better just to rip the Band-Aid off right now and put Trey Lance in the starting lineup? And my argument to that is I just don't think that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to start 17 football games this year. And once you go to Trey Lance, you're not going back. I just really, knowing what I know now about Trey Lance, the upside, the big play potential, him taking the 49ers offense to the next level, just doing things that Jimmy Garoppolo can't do. I don't see Garoppolo lasting a full 17-game regular season, and once Lance is in, you're not going back to him. So is it wise, more wiser to get Garoppolo in the – I mean, excuse me, Lance in the starting lineup early on against very favorable matchups, against the Lions, against the Eagles, where you can win those games going through some Lance growing pains? Well, that's a tough call. Now, if they were to let Jimmy go before the first game of the season, they're not on the hook for anything. 20, they own 25, 27 million this year. Mm -hmm. Not guaranteed. So uh, they can cut him before the game or trade him and they don't have any problem. But they have that 25 million worked into their salary cap. And, you know, you go through uh, OTAs, then you go through training camp. That was his first game. The speed's different. Regular season's different. So I, for one, have been saying all along, like you initially, that Jimmy should start the season. All right. And with that said, and then you work packages in for Trey to get into games. Joe, uh, Bill Walsh did that with Joe Montana and Steve DeBerg. Steve was our starter. We'd get down inside the 20 and Joe would come in. And I'd look at Steve. I called him Iceberg. And I go, Ice, Joe's coming in for the glory. And he'd just go, mm. you know, so <laughs> on a veteran quarterback to be removed. Because that also tell you, tells you that J uh, Joe and Jimmy or are, are, uh, Trey are the future. And I think Jimmy at this point knows that. But you know what? If Jimmy plays this year, he's got $75 million out of the Niners over the last three years. He'll be fine. So, and if you were to get rid of Jimmy and go with Trey, and the style that Trey's going to play, we haven't seen him take off and start running, he could get hurt. Mm -hmm. Then you're left with Josh Rosen, who I like. He didn't do well in that game because he hadn't had a whole lot of reps. So then you're back in the same situation that Jimmy got hurt. Then you could go to, to Lance. You're going to get hurt in the NFL. It's a given. So with that said, and with this roster they have that's ready to go to the Super Bowl this year, I think you got to stay with a veteran quarterback, Jimmy. Work Trey in with different packages during the game. And like you said, they're working together very well, very professional. And mm -hmm. That's the uh, growth that this team has had. They've gone from having great depth to guys playing together and wanting to win for a common cause. So, my take would be you start Jimmy to, against the Lions, have Trey as your backup, work him in, and like you said, will Jimmy last? If not, Trey's ready to go, and then you're good to go. So I think you take too much of a chance by getting rid of Jimmy because you're not going to have a $25 million quarterback not start the season. So that's why – here's my proposal – Jimmy Garoppolo, you have the $26 million already worked in your cap. He's on the roster. Jed York signed off on approval to draft the rookie while keeping Garoppolo at his $26 million salary, knowing that he may not be the starter to begin the year. Of course, he always projected that way to be the starting quarterback, but it was never set in stone. 
And I'm just thinking, because I'm with you, can't trade Garoppolo. You can't do that. Because if you get that injury from Trey Lance, the fall off to a guy like Rosen, who I think they might have waved today, breaking news, they waved Rosen today. And Sud, yeah, and Sud fell behind him. And Rosen, we don't have to talk about him too much, but he looked pretty bad. That interception he had in that game, that was a, yeah, that was a, a terrible decision. Um, but back to Garoppolo, with um, having him as a backup be behind Lance, I feel like he's an expensive backup if this were the case, but you the can't get rid ever. of him. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the most expensive backup ever. It has to be. I don't see any other way around it. But the argument there is you've already seen it firsthand last year. Your starting quarterback goes down, having to turn to guys like Nick Mullins or C.J. Beathard where you lost very winnable games if you just had a tier higher of quarterback play. And if Trey Lance wins the job, it's not necessarily looking that way right now, but if I'd like for the team to keep Garoppolo so you don't have to go through what you went through last year and you have a capable backup and – I don't know if it's going to happen that way, but thinking about it more and more, because I see it that Lance is going to take over some point this season. Yeah, He's going to be the starter. And why would you delay the hiccups that are inevitably going to come when you can just get some of them out of the way right now? Does that make sense? It makes sense. And the year we won the Super Bowl, uh, my, my only Super Bowl was at 1982-81 season. We started that year one and two. And then we picked up Fred Dean, uh, the defensive end, after that third game. And we reeled off nine straight victories, ended up winning our first Super Bowl of five. So it, it is possible to start the year, you know, with a couple of losses. And I think if they had four preseason games like they normally do, that one extra preseason game for Trey would be huge. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he got his first taste of it uh, last game. This game, you know, you're going to see a lot more reps. And probably, hopefully, they'll play him behind the number one offensive line because that's one of the weaknesses to me is the depth on their OL. So, and, and I think for once, most people would just go crazy if you didn't start Garoppolo and his $25 million salary. But with Trey Lance, the 49er fans love this kid so much, I don't think there would be a blip about it. You know, they would be fine with Trey Lance starting the season. But as an owner, as a coach, and uh, – you know, I think, Kyle, you can ruin a guy's confidence by throwing him to the wolves too early. And I think that's what they're going to stay away from with Trey because he's a you know quarterback for the next decade for this team. So why ruin him early when you got a quarterback who's capable? I still stick to my guns. They're going to start Jimmy, have packages for Trey, and then we'll go from there. Well, let me ask you. You're the head coach of the 49ers. You're Kyle Shanahan. What are you doing if it was your call? Well, Kyle's so arrogant that he feels like he can put anybody in there and make it work. You know, Bill was like that, too. Joe Montana coming out of Notre Dame was like, who is this skinny kid? I used to tease Joe. I'm glad you're in the league now because now you have the worst body in the NFL, not me. So, um, so I just – Kyle, you know, and then, you know, Kyle plays possum all day. I see him in your guys' press conferences. I, I would have to call him out all the time if I was still there, kind of like Grant does. So, um, and he keeps things close to the vest. But if I'm Kyle, I think he's thinking the same way. Jimmy's playing a lot better with this competition. And uh, like I said, you know, if I'm walking away from the Niners get cut or traded with $75 million in my pocket, I'm happy. You know, it's not going to break my heart. So, a lot going on here, but I still think Kyle's going to start with Jimmy. But it's going to be a very short leash that Jimmy is going to be playing under. So, now, that can be good or bad. 
you know, if you put a lot of pressure, you can't make a mistake or I'm going to put Trey in. All of a sudden, Jimmy starts having a lot more hiccups, you know, so or he goes the other way and plays as well as he ever has. So it's going to be the toughest decision of any head coach in the National Football. Justin Fields, I'd start him over Andy Dalton. You got to start the best player no matter what. But the Bears aren't a Super Bowl team, you know, this year. That's where the conflict comes. Miss you. Does he start over Trevor Lawrence? No, heaven, no, no way. It's, it depends on your team, and I think because of the Niners roster, you got to start with Jimmy. Yeah, that's a good call. And I was texting my friend Marco that I used to do podcasts with right. about the situation earlier today, and he phrased it well about what's going on that Garoppolo hasn't really done anything to cost him the starting job, which I agree with. But at the same time, he hasn't really done anything to further the gap between him and Trey Lance. He's just kind of being Jimmy Garoppolo and what you would expect from him through camp. And the preseason game, he went three for three with three completions that weren't necessarily downfield, just kind of dink and dunk, as Grant calls them, the Jimmy gimmies. And I don't know. It's tough. It really is tough because the guy was your starting quarterback in the Super Bowl just 18 right. months ago. Right. You were yeah. successful with him, which complicates the situation. It's just he has a lot of respect in the locker room, too, which is a whole nother variable in this that we're hadn't even talked about yet. That every single person that went to the podium as the season was ending last year stuck with Jimmy Garoppolo side by side. He he's a great leader. And it's always funny to me to hear that because when I see him on the sidelines, he's just always cool, calm, and collected. He's not the Tom Brady fiery trying to get everybody fired up. He's like a to-himself leader. He kind of comes off to me watching him from my own observations, but everybody talks about how he's such a leader in the locker room. When I see him on the field, he's just kind of to himself with, you know, his hands up here on his chest plate. And I don't know. Yeah, he's not a contagious leader like Brady and does it with his actions, which haven't been that many. You know, he went to the Super Bowl with a great running game and an even better defense. So, you know, and he throws, makes one throw, they've got another Super Bowl championship. You can't put that all on that one throw. But, uh, you know, and then Kyle's got that hanging over his head. He's blown two Super Bowls. Two Super Bowls. As an assistant and a head coach. So, Kyle, in the back of his mind, he he wants to get that off his resume. And uh, so that's even going to further complicate his decision on who starts. But I think everybody in that locker room loves Jimmy. Everybody loves Trey. Everybody sees, you know, Jimmy's the best quarterback we've had here in a while. And now everybody's seeing that, wow, Trey can be better than Jimmy. So it's also can be divisive in a locker room, you know, because we who like the Steve DeBerg and Joe thing, you know, DeBerg was my guy. You know, I was starting with Steve and then Joe, we didn't know who he was or what he could do. Joe threw a tight wobble too. And uh, Trey's got a little wobble in his too. I mean, he throws the ball so hard. If they throw, I play with Doug Williams. If you throw a tight, hard spiral, they're easy to catch. But if you got a wobble on a hard ball, that makes it difficult to catch. So he needs to kind of straighten that out if he can. So, but I think a lot of that is just making these unbelievable throws, you know, off balance or or whatever he has. So uh, it's going to be interesting, and it's it's given the media like yourself so much fodder, you know, leading up to it. It's almost taken away from what else is going on with this team. So. Uh, but I'm shocked they cut Rosen. I don't know this Sudfeld kid at all. But, you know, I thought Josh was a, was a player, and I thought he's a good third, he would be a great third quarterback. So that surprises me. I thought so, too. Grant and I were talking about him a little bit last week, just how he's kind of yeah. gotten the raw end of a stick multiple times when every, he was with Arizona. Time. Every time. Every time. there's that's his a great re- example of throwing a guy to the wolves too early. 
in Arizona and ruined his confidence. And he hadn't been the same since. Definitely. And then he goes to Miami and they draft a rookie in the first round right after him. He's just had raw deal after raw deal. Didn't survive the page or he was on the Buccaneers practice squad last year behind Brady. Couldn't beat out Blaine Gabbert for the backup role. So it's just been tough for Josh Rosen, but I did want to touch on um, the way having two quarterbacks like that could divide a locker room. And I don't think the 49ers are anywhere near that yet. I think Garoppolo, like we talked about, he has a lot of the respect he sees the writing on the wall. He knows this is going to be Trey Lance's team by the end uh, or the beginning of next season as early as this season. So it's definitely going to be interesting to see how it all shakes out. But this, this discussion isn't going anywhere. The Trey Lance, Jimmy Garoppolo, for as long as Garoppolo is the starting quarterback and Trey Lance is behind him, everybody's going to be talking about when's Trey Lance going to come in, especially if things go downhill for Garoppolo. We see those kind of brain fart interceptions that he throws every so often more so than every so often actually and just thinking about the situation as a whole and how in 2019 garoppolo wrote out the running game he wrote out the defense i don't think it's impossible with trey lance for the same thing because records are meant to be broken we've never seen a rookie quarterback win the super bowl um and we've never seen a quarterback also make more than 14 percent of his team's cap space and win the Super Bowl. So if the 49ers are able to do it, I think what well, obviously one of those things, two things is going to happen. Either the, the quarterback making over 14% of his cap space or the rookie quarterback winning. Let's talk about the outlook. How do you feel about this year being a Super Bowl year for the 49ers? Well, and just real quick on the point you just made, and Kyle would love no more love to prove everybody that you can win a Super Bowl with a rookie quarterback which would really eliminate those two losses he had. That's a great point. That's a great point. He goes, oh, yeah, watch this. And I'm going to win it with a quarterback who's a backup making 14% of my team's salary. Only Kyle would think that way. Uh, uh, About the roster this year, I thought their weakest uh, positions are the uh, depth on the offensive line. And I thought cornerback going in, but the kid, uh, Lenore, 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 he was a blanket in that game. I, I really liked him. He's got great hip movement. He can judge. Is he a rookie? He is a rookie. Okay. He can judge the ball. He can, he reads the eyes of the receiver. He knows when to turn around. I, I, you know, I hadn't heard of him, hadn't heard much of him and I was really impressed with him. So I think, uh, they're going to be able to get away with the cornerbacks they have. Uh, especially if that kid keeps playing like that. And then real quick, while I'm thinking about it, so many concussions when I played, I'll I, I forget it. Garoppolo <laughs> needs to play in the preseason too. You know, we got to see what this guy's got. You know, I wonder, uh, are they hiding him a little bit? Because uh, they don't want to see. You know, he needs some reps or, you know, Kyle don't want to get him hurt before the season starts. I don't know. But, you know, yeah, you know what he can do, but he didn't do much last year. Let's see how he is this year. So, but anyway, I thought those two positions. Uh, I love the kid from USC, uh, Hafanga. Hafanga, yep. Uh-huh. Uh, he was all over the field. And he's one of these guys with maybe four, six speed, but he's got four, three speed to the ball. You know, he was just fantastic. So, but overall, I think the roster's set. We're not sure what's going on with Mostert. He's got that huge knee brace on, but uh, run, good run game, solid, uh, you know, tight end position. Do- Ross Dwell is really coming on. You know, it's been interesting too. Uh, Kittle, it was all about Garoppolo. And then all of a sudden, you know, we're seeing him talking about Trey Lance and mm-hmm. what a great upside he has. So a lot of Jimmy's allies 
aren't sticking to one or the other. Yeah. It's a good sign for the locker room. Definitely. Because three years ago, this would have been an issue. You know, then they got depth, then they went to the Super Bowl, so now they know what it takes. So now they're all working together as a team. Like when Trey threw that touchdown, Jimmy was going crazy. And, that, and that's, that's great to see. To, yeah, that's what you yeah. want to see. You don't want to uh -huh. see them kind of in disgust and turn around, oh, there goes my job. And I think that's to one of my points, too, as you're talking about that. If there was one quarterback, one starting quarterback in the NFL that would just swallow their pride, take a backup role, even though they're making a lot of money. And the money's kind of irrelevant. It's more so that you've been a starting quarterback. You were just in the Super Bowl. Now you have this rookie that you're being benched for. I really don't think that there's a quarterback in the NFL that would handle it better than Jimmy Garoppolo. He has uh, been a, a he's been a pro's pro through and through. And I really just respect the way that he's carried himself. Just Kyle Shanahan, when he misses throws, Shanahan showing emotion on the sideline, throwing his hands up in the air, dropping the headset. Kyle Shanahan has had no problem doing that, not just with Garoppolo, but any of his quarterbacks, you know? Right. And just talking and thinking about Garoppolo, he seems like the type of guy that would just, whatever I need to do to win. I Ideally, I want to be the starting quarterback, but I get it. You drafted this kid. You're invested in him long-term. I'll shut up and be the backup, and if he goes down, I'm ready to go. I really think that would be his mindset. Yeah, a lot of people wouldn't like that attitude. You know, when I played, nobody would like that attitude. Well, I, I almost don't like that attitude no, either. because has got that laissez-faire, like, hey, I'm going to be here. I played at Southern Illinois or wherever it was, and I've already made $50 million. The joke's yeah. on you. You know, he's fooled everybody, you know, including Belichick, you know, and now Kyle. So – you know, some people would look at it like that. You look at him on the side. He doesn't care. He just threw a pick and he's laughing. You know, so uh, I, initially I had an issue with that. I, I'm the you same know, way. I'm the same way. Yeah, that's a great call. Old soul. So, and you've watched the Niners since you were a kid. So, so, but that's a great point. You know, Jimmy would not make it a distraction to the rest of the team. You know, like Steve DeBerg didn't. You know, so because I got injured and Dwight Clark I got my job and I always teased him. I said, you didn't beat me out. You inherited my job because I got injured. <laughs> and then Bill decided to go with you. So uh, rest in peace to White. But uh, so I know what that can do to a locker room. I played on really bad teams for the Niners where everybody just looked out for themselves. You know, this is a total team effort. Great leaders on that team. And that's a great point you make that Jimmy would roll with it if it did happen. Yeah, and it's funny, though, because I've always thought, how could he be okay with them thinking about signing Tom Brady and all the quarterback rumors they've been involved right. in? And just offseason after offseason, pretty much saying that they still don't feel like he's enough, despite seeing what they saw in 2017, which is something that I give him so much credit for. I have this debate a lot as far as who gave the 49ers hope first, Kyle Shanahan or Jimmy Garoppolo, and I think it's Jimmy Garoppolo well, by a landslide. It, it has to be because everybody got so excited about Kyle Shanahan after the Falcons took down the Seahawks. This guy's an offensive genius. Everybody knew it would take time. They were in a rebuilding stage. But Kyle Shanahan went, what, 0 for 7, 0 for 8 to begin his NFL coaching career? The 49ers were just coming off Jim Tom Sula, Chip Kelly. There wasn't a good feeling to be a 49ers head coach. I, I always had confidence in Kyle Shanahan. It wasn't that I questioned his ability. It's just that when Jimmy Garoppolo took over, the entire – feel the vibes around Levi Stadium the 49ers as a whole completely shifted that was the moment where it was like okay we got something brewing right here and I'll never forget I went to the 49er game with my cousin my uncle and my brother the day they played the Jaguars who had like the number one ranked defense at the time around Christmas and the three and 
11 49ers or whatever they were at the time just lit them up and dropped 44 points. And that was the moment right there where I was like, Jimmy Garoppolo is doing this thing. So I've always had a lot of respect for Garoppolo, but it is funny talking about his mannerisms and how he's always been kind of, I'm happy to be here. I'm not going to get too upset over anything. It's, it's all cool. Even during the Dolphins game last year when the 49ers were just getting blown out and he had a couple bad interceptions, it didn't seem like he was too frustrated with his performance. I'm like, dude, get angry at somebody. Get mad. Get mad at yourself. So now that we're talking about him being in a position to possibly take on a, a backup role behind Trey Lance, this is the perfect personality you want behind it, a situation well, like that. That's a good point. And uh, I, I felt the same way you did. Like when they moved up to number three, all the talk was, oh, is it Mac Jones? Is it Trent? All these talk, you know, and if you're sitting there, I asked somebody, I said, hey, if you're sitting at home and you're Jimmy Garoppolo, you're like, what the, you know? So it lit a fire under his butt. And uh, even Kyle said it, Jimmy's uh, competitive. So he's going to fight for this. And, and anybody at that level would. So, but it just fired Jimmy up. So we could see a Jimmy Garoppolo this year that we've never seen. And nobody's talking about that. This That's true. him to the next level. And all of a sudden, everybody forgets about Trey Lance the first eight games of the season. So that's what I want to see. That's why I want to see Jimmy in a preseason game, maybe a quarter, just to see, are we going to see the same old guy or has he lifted his game up because of the competition? That's a great point. And I had a podcast last April, right before the draft with Bonte Hill and Joe, the butcher boy Shasky from 95.7, the game. And I laid out this scenario. I have it pinned on my Twitter. We can go back and watch it. It's on my YouTube talking about this scenario of bringing in Trey Lance to develop and have Jimmy Garoppolo in front of him for the sake of Jimmy Garoppolo having a great season. If he plays like he did in 2019, I do think he can get traded for a first round pick. That's my personal opinion, just based on how much teams have been willing to pay for quarterbacks. If he goes to the right team, like the Washington football team, who have a great roster around him, who just need that quarterback, Ryan Fitzpatrick is there right now. That's not a long-term answer. The Bears, prior to getting um, Justin Fields, and now they drafted him, that's kind of out of it. Exactly, but they don't have to worry about that now. But I think a landing spot like that, a team that's ready to contend right now, they would part with the first-round pick, especially if the – Washington football team are going to be drafting in the mid twenties if they make the playoffs. So that is a very interesting scenario, but I've kind of cooled off on that being a realistic possibility just with Lance really not necessarily outshining Garoppolo, but showing off his abilities just to simply do things that Garoppolo can't do. Well, that's a great point too, because you know, Jimmy does play well. Trey is the future. You get a first round out of Jimmy. This really worked out for the 49ers. You know, they got got Jimmy for nothing, you mm-hmm. know. And when that happened, I had to say, well, wait a minute. Why are they getting this guy for nothing, you know? So, and early on, you say, oh, I see why. But then he took him to the Super Bowl. So, a lot to be determined uh, on one position, you know, could make a difference in if this team goes to the Super Bowl this year or not. It's like, no matter what you try to bring up, no matter what the topic is, it always somehow reverts right back to Garoppolo and Lance. It's just an inevitable discussion that we're having time and time again. I do want to go back and ask you a couple things because you experienced this firsthand. You touched on Giamador, Lenore, Talanoa, Hufanga that the 49ers drafted. They drafted another cornerback, Ambry Thomas. They drafted three corners in the top five rounds. None of them were very high picks, but... Two of them in particular, 
Lenore might have a role this season. Emmanuel Mosley was on the COVID list to begin camp. He came back and then he's aggravated his hamstring or strained something today. So who knows how long he might be out for. He'll probably be ready by the regular season. But with the 49ers, two cornerbacks, Verrett and Mosley, they missed time. That's just the reality of having them at corner. And same with Jaquaski Tart, the safety. And you have yeah. Gufunga, who looked really good on Saturday night against the Chiefs in his first preseason game. Ambry Thomas, not so much as well as the other guys, but 1981, the 49ers drafted Ronnie Lott, Eric Wright, Carlton Williams, three rookies who started in that secondary. And Lenny Thomas, who was a slot. Yeah. So, of course, I'm not comparing this draft class to those guys, but how, knowing that the 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 team at the time was turning the corner, kind of projecting in the right season, 1981, the first year the 49ers won the Super Bowl. Was there a lot of concern regarding the inexperienced secondary back then? Well, we all kind of the wide receivers, Freddie Solomon, myself, Dwight Clark, Mike Wilson, we're like, we're not going to win a game. We got all rookie secondary. <laughs> had only played a half a season in 78. No, and uh, in 80, I think. So it was a very young secondary, but that's the one position. There's a few positions, wide receiver, running back, cornerback, where you can kind of come in outside of the team comp set because wide receiver and corners, you're just going one-on-one on the outside, you know, and then running backs, it's just point me where to go. I mean, OJ Simpson, when we had him, he didn't even know how to play the offense. We'd call a play in the huddle and we'd go red, right, 22 Z and OJ run a flat on one. You know, red, right, 18, Bob, that's a sweep to you, OJ, on two. We had to tell him what to do. So um, that's a position where it's just pure skill. You know, you're not as involved with the team as any other thing. So, and when, what do we do? We go on and win the Super Bowl, you know, with those three rookie <laughs> corners. And on top of that, Eric Wright and Ronnie Lott were safeties in college. You know, to make a transition at the top level is brutal. Eric's probably would be in the Hall of Fame if he didn't tear his, uh, his hip flexor. He was the best cover corner ever, to, in my mind. And then uh, Ronnie, of course, if he got you on the line of scrimmage, you weren't getting in your route. You know, he can knock you down like nobody's uh, business. So it was uh, comparable to what they're doing this year. Like I said, I, I just caught this guy, this kid, Lenore, caught my eye. And when I watch all sports, I like to pick one position and watch it. Don't watch the ball. Then you see what these guys have to do, what they go through every play. And it's a lot better way to watch the game. So, uh, but I stayed on him for a while. I was impressed. You know, he's got the swivel hips you need. He can turn. Like I said, he watches the ball. He watches the eyes. He's got some skills that uh, a kid his age really shouldn't have at this point in his career. So I think this roster's set, Nick. I think they're ready to go. And uh, they got one decision to make. And I think you and I both agree it's going to be Jimmy to start. I, although I see you leaning towards Trey. I know. I know. It's like – I'm still neutral. I'm not going to be upset if it is no, Jimmy. I get. I totally get the logic there. Right. It's. I'm. I'm really indecisive about the whole thing. Is it just better to rip off the bandaid, go with Lance if he's going to be the guy to close out the season anyway, or is it better just to ride out Garoppolo because you you, you can win with them and you've seen that. Yeah. But going back to Lenore real quick, I. He really caught my attention too. I mean, how could he not? He was covering Tyree Kill the first couple snaps of his NFL action. He had the interception. Right. And that wasn't really necessarily a good play. It was a ball thrown behind the receiver, tight end, whoever it was, and it went off his back shoulder plate and fell right in uh, Lenore's hands. But he looks good. Hufenga looks good. These guys, these rookie secondary players, might have huge roles, bigger roles than anybody's no really comfortable with. 
So I just wanted to bring up that 1981 time because, I mean, it was a Super Bowl contending team, a lot of inexperience on the back end, but those guys were real ballers. And like you touched on, there should have been two Hall of Famers in that group, well, depending on. And, yep. uh, and the only people more arrogant than wide receivers are cornerbacks. <laughs> they have a lot of confidence in themselves. And real quick, I know we're running out of time. I love Juwan Jennings, uh, the kid, uh, number 15. Yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. And he's Jalen Hurd, you know, all over again. It doesn't look like Jalen's going to end up on this roster. He, he's just not – he's got too many injuries. So to have Juwan that can play, you know, in that slot, uh, just going to add so much. So uh, I think they're pretty set at the wide receiver position. You know, more so than they ever have been. And Trent Sherfield comes out of nowhere. It could be your fifth guy, you know, also to play the slot. So I, just all, everywhere except maybe the depth on the offensive line. One of our main guys, and Alec Mack, Alex Mack, I think, was the biggest pickup in the offseason. A huge pickup, yeah. He's the quarterback of that offensive line, which is, hadn't had that in a long time, along with Trent Williams. So uh, we just hope nobody gets hurt there. But besides that, this team's ready to make a run at Super Bowl, whatever it is. Yeah, there's a lot of high-end NFL talent on both sides of the ball. You got Trent Williams, Alex Mack, huge acquisition. Like you said, I'm really big on IUK. If Samuel can stay healthy, George Kittle, Bosa's recovery is going to be huge in whether or not this team gets back to the Super Bowl. Kinlaw, Kinlaw, who they invested a first-round pick in last year, not the best rookie season in my opinion. He's battling injuries again during camp. He's got to get it together. Fred Warner, you have an all-pro there. Dre Greenlaw, the Warner and Greenlaw are one of the best, if not the best, linebacker duos in the game. And that secondary, if the secondary can stay healthy, and even if they can't, they might be able to survive with a couple of the, the rookies that they have behind them. But this team is one of the deepest in the NFL, certainly in the NFC, and I fully expect them to be playing late into January, if not early February, with a Super Bowl berth. No question. And, you know, they picked up uh, some defensive linemen from the Raiders that could all play. And then the, the linebacker, I can't think of his name right now, they picked up from the Seahawks. They got yeah, Kendricks. Hendricks, yeah, so uh, adding some veteran depth. So uh, I'm telling you, I'm excited, as excited as I've been in a long time to go into the season. Like I say, I'm a fan now. And uh, so it's a lot of fun to watch games and not have to say, oh, yeah, I'll use that in my highlights. Oh, yeah, we'll use that. <laughs> so I could just watch the game like everybody else. And you must be doing well because I saw where you bought your first season tickets. So uh, I hope the Pigskin uh Podcast Network <laughs> yelling out some coin from night and day. So. Right on. I appreciate it, Shu. Thank you so much for joining the Faithful Fanatic Podcast, and I look forward to doing this again with you soon. All right, buddy.